0: going on here? And then as Tim was going through his speech, he finally said, it is my honor to welcome you as a Sergeant Schreiber International Global Messenger. And I was like, what? Stop looking. You found us. You're part of the revolution.
1: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening.
0: Our kids are
1: worthy. They are strong. They are confident.
2: Whoa, oh, that skirted me. All around, we're always in this together. You just can't let stuff get to you. you. You have to keep yourself positive.
1: To know that there's an outlet for them to be able to participate and feel confident and feel strong. Greatness comes from failure. Greatness doesn't come from repeated
2: just success. But well, with the support that we get from the community and the Torch Runners, it really comes from their hearts that makes it real rewarding for us.
1: Let's all say at and let's say S-O-Connected. That's right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you're catching this podcast. I'm Chris Darnell.
2: And I'm Everett King.
1: And this is episode 73 of Welcome to the Revolution. And we have a very special guest on the show with us today. Renee Manfredi is here and... It's, a, it's going to be a great show. We have a lot of questions to ask her, but the first one we're going to ask her is, good morning, Renee.
2: How are you doing today?
0: Aloha, Chris. Aloha, Everett. I'm doing very well. Thank you. How are you today?
2: She stowed my thunder. Oh, I was going to do that so bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she beat you to it. We are doing well. We're glad that you are here. Um, and if you heard that, aloha. Um, Renee is from Hawaii, Um, and she is here in Texas, and that's why we're so excited to have her on the show. And uh yeah, she beat you to the punch, Everett.
2: Yes, she did. Aloha, it is amazing, you know. Renee, I found out a little bit about you before you even made it to Texas. Um, at least I believe it was like a day or two before you you made it to Texas, and I was just so I'm so amazed. I was like, you know what, we're getting another celebrity out here in special olympics so you know i'm glad to to be able to sit on this podcast with you today
0: well thank you very much everett and i'm so happy to be here with all of you as well
1: yeah so i was looking at your story on you know the soi website and everything that you've done and you know you're a part of the sergeant shriver international global messenger which is uh which is a select group of special olympics athletes out there um in the world spreading the message of Special Olympics and everything about Special Olympics. So let's kind of get into your story. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. You know, what made you um, the person you are today? Just tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Thank you. For starters, um, I'm 36 years old. I am white Caucasian. I have raven colored hair, dark brown eyes, freckles on my face, I just moved here from after living for 16 years in Hawaii due to my dad's military service. I have lived constantly all over the place from Maryland, where I was born, to Rhode Island, where my dad joined the Navy, to California, back to Rhode Island, to Hawaii, to Florida, to Virginia, to Bahrain, which is an island off the coast of Saudi Arabia in the Middle East back to Rhode Island and then to Hawaii for 16 years. There I joined Special Olympics and I admit I was a bit hesitant about joining Special Olympics because I'm not really good in sports. During my school years, kids would often make fun of me and laugh at me and even scold me if I messed up in a particular sport because of my disability. In which case I am on the autism spectrum and I have a learning disability. So learning instructions or following them was pretty difficult for me. So that was a bit of a hesitancy there for me, but my mom and her wisdom said, I didn't, you know, let's just give it a try and see. And if we don't like it, we don't have to do it again. So we went, we went during basketball season and It was like walking through a door into a world full of possibility and opportunity. I was welcomed. I was embraced and accepted at the level that I was at and no one laughed or scolded or teased if I messed up and whatever sport I was in, they just simply said, that's okay. Just keep going. We'll work on that. It's been such an amazing journey.
2: That is awesome. And you know, me over here doing the math you know that lets me know that uh you didn't start sports until you were in your early 20s
0: till i was 22 right truth be told i didn't know special olympics existed we were constantly moving as i mentioned and and in some states i didn't exactly qualify and because I didn't qualify for home co- community-based services in Hawaii, there really wasn't anything for me there. So Special Olympics was the only option and it's been a great option.
2: So it it, it looks like, you know, you've taken something that, you know, I am going to say was kind of tragic, you know, uh, the way that you, your classmates, you know, treated you and made you feel awkward at something. You finally went ahead, like you said, you stepped into a new world and not only did you swing for the fences, uh, you've done hit a couple of major uh, grand slams uh, with all that you have done uh, with Special Olympics.
0: Well, um, yes, thank you. Um, I started off as an athlete and then I was invited to join the Global Messenger Training, but I was afraid um, there again, I didn't really, know what public speaking was. And I wondered if anybody would care what I had to say I mean, none of my classmates or even my teachers cared. So what was the big deal? But there again, my mom said, you know, what if we got to lose? If we don't like it, we don't have to go again. So we went, we trained and people actually cared about what I had to say. And I was really taken aback that my story really impacted someone. And I was like, wow, people actually care. And that inspired me to keep going as a global messenger. Then on down the line, I was trained as a health messenger, which is something I'm quite proud of, because I learned about the alarming health statistics that individuals with ID face constantly without good health care. And that really sparked something inside me that motivated me to be to say something like, well, wait a minute, we need to fix this. So what can I do to help? And and when I was nominated as a Sergeant Shriver International Global Messenger, well, that was exciting and huge. And I was like, wow, now I can really share my story and my experiences on a national level and a global, mes- a global level and hopefully, inspire change throughout the world.
1: That, that That's awesome. You know, we've had multiple shows and episodes that we've we've talked to, you know, Bruce Clark here at Special Olympics, who's in charge of all of our athlete leadership activities and, you know, things that we do here in Texas. What, do you remember, because you were talking about it, how something happened where you thought, oh, people actually do care what I'm saying. Do you remember that specific moment that somebody – was like, you said, oh, wow, they actually they actually do care about what I'm saying. And, you know, what can we tell to our athletes here in Texas and everywhere else that maybe still has that hesitation to join the messenger group or, or an athlete leadership group?
0: I do remember that. Um, I had just finished up my global messenger training, and I was invited to share my background story to the board of directors of Special Olympics Hawaii. And I got to tell you, I was sobbing throughout the entire thing. Hardly anybody could understand me. But once I was finished, one member of the board of directors was actually crying himself. And he was asking questions. When are we going to do something about this? When are we going to fix this? And on and on. And it was him that really made me go, wow, somebody actually cares about what my family and I went through? huh so that was the one spark that inspired me to keep going and hopefully promote change throughout the special olympics world so i try to be really honest with my speeches
1: no it it definitely sounds like you do and and, you know, I can't wait to to hear you speak on behalf of our athletes here in Texas and everywhere here in the near future. Because I, because you know, that's probably just right around the corner. Uh, you know, speaking publicly here in Texas and and, and everywhere since you've already done it. Um, but it's it's an amazing your your story is amazing. Every time that I go back and I read it, like I said, I, I read it again this morning right before you came on. And you know, every time I read it, it's it's so inspiring of everything that you've done. So um, tell our listeners, you know, what have you done? Uh, in your, you know, your path to where you are now within Special Olympics? What, What activities, you know, what events, you know, what speaking engagements have you done on your path to where you are?
0: Well, I started as an athlete. As I mentioned, the sports that I compete in or competed in were basketball, softball, swimming, and soccer. I actually got to go to the Nationals in 2018 to compete in soccer, and my team came back with the gold, and that was really exciting. That was actually my first time ever being to the Nationals, so that was a really added bonus. Um, I got to go to the World Games in Abu Dhabi in 2019, and that was really incredible to me what really inspired me there was seeing the whole world coming together with one common goal in, in mind. And that was the competition of sports. So that was huge for me. And this journey has been basically a journey of faith. As I mentioned, I don't really qualify for home and community based services I'm what they would consider too high functioning. So our faith was really what kept us going, what motivated us to, just keep going and seeing where this path leads. When a door opened, I'd say yes.
2: That's awesome.
1: As we yeah. should all say, we should all live by that
2: motto. Definitely. So, you know, would you say that when that door opened, um, did you see that with all the training that you had, that it was easier for you to feel confident to give yes, those yes answers and, you know, accept new challenges?
0: Well, at first it was scary, but the more I said yes, the more I got comfortable. There are times when I'm still nervous or hesitant about saying yes to something because I may not know what to expect, but I may not understand it, but I'm willing to give it a go and see what this event may be about. And how can I help where, where do my skills fall?
2: see chris see chris i'm not the only one you know i like to say yes see renee i get in trouble from you know staff members and and a lot of my friends because i don't know that no word that much so i say yes a lot as well <laughs> he
1: sure does so i I wanted to go back to something that you said uh, at the beginning you know when you're talking about um being scolded or being told you did something wrong, um, in sports. And then when you got the special Olympics, it was the complete opposite, you know, with our unified movement and our inclusion movement throughout the entire globe. Why is it so important that this movement keeps moving forward so that it's not just in special Olympics that we see that complete 180, of instead of, Oh, you did something wrong. I'm going to scold you. Oh, next this is how you can get better next time great job this is how we can improve how how do we how do we move that forward and, and, and spread that message that everybody here at special and the olympics knows so well that inclusion um, and unified is the way of the future how do we how do we move forward with that
0: well we could start off with respect i think that goes a really long way and not just in the special olympics world but like the workplace and school that's always the first starter. But the unified partnership, which is often in schools, is always beneficial too, because that's a great way for streamlined students to learn a little bit more about their classmates and maybe understand them better. And when people understand you, they have a better amount of respect and are all and hopefully will be by your side when others don't understand you and feel the urge to maybe laugh at you or whatever, they'll be there to say, hey, don't do that. Don't treat them that way.
1: Uh, I love that. The, the, the starting with respect is, is, mm-hmm. is, is, is the biggest thing I think that we we can do when when moving this movement forward, and it's it's moved so far um, since since it started here at Special Olympics, and, and I think in respect is the main purpose of that, and I love that.
2: Definitely, and one of the things that I love, I mean, you know, and you know, for me as a coach, I learned this with Special Olympics. Um, it is respect, but there's always everyone has a different way of learning something. So, you know, just because, you know, Chris has been playing basketball for five years and um, he's the next up and coming LeBron James. um, When he's doing something incorrect, instead of scolding him, go back to what they were doing and, and teach them, you know, and that's, that's what I loved about it is no matter how, and I use you, Chris, but no matter how long someone has been playing that sport, everyone, uh, coaches, even teammates. And if you're even at some of the competitions, some of the referees will sit there and they coach and help to teach to make sure this game, no matter what it is, whether it's basketball, bocce, tennis, um, but they teach so that this game will live on and someone has a better respect of knowledge of
0: the game. Yes, and I think that When they, when people ask the question, you know, how can I help you? Sometimes the way they're trying to help doesn't always work because they, like you said, Everett, other people with ID have different ways of learning. And so maybe the way the teacher or the PE coach or whoever is trying to help them doesn't always work. So maybe finding a new strategy and maybe finding a new way of teaching them or explaining to them would be very beneficial, as you mentioned. Everybody has a different way of learning.
2: Definitely, and I'll go a step above that, Renee, because it's not just individuals with ID. I mean, that's people in general. Everyone has a different way of trying to learn things. Like uh, my my youngest son, he is one that can, he's not a reader, but if you give him a video and you know he'll pick it up in a heartbeat. My oldest son he doesn't want videos he doesn't want uh, reading he wants to do it hands-on. so you know everybody has a different way of trying to to learn and you know that will benefit them
1: yeah, it's all around it's it's the true meaning of the word inclusion and inclusive it's you know it's the everything's got to be you know everybody's on a different level everybody learns a different way so we got to incorporate all those different ways. in in, not into one thing but into one situation is is the way that we got to look at it and you know great conversations about everything that's happening you know with inclusion in our unified program but um let our listeners know because renee you know you're coming to texas from hawaii some would consider paradise on earth um and maybe some of them are wondering why why did you come back to texas from hawaii
0: you know what we get asked that a lot <laughs> it's kind of funny and even my younger brother he's 10 years younger than me he actually attended salve regina university in rhode island and when he was asked where he came from and he mentioned hawaii the question was why are you here <laughs> so, in my case um it was my my family you No, know, my grandparents live in bremont south of waco and We just moved here to help them out and my dad got a job offer here. And so we were like, okay, let's go. We lived in Hawaii for 16 years. Uh, It was amazing there. I loved it. I actually got to live on Pearl Harbor for 12 years and that was pretty cool. So it was amazing to say it still is amazing to say I'm from Hawaii, but obviously when it's time when the Lord says go you go.
2: That's right. She was living on a history monument. That is awesome.
0: Yes, we were. My dad was the CO commanding officer of the USS Cromlin. And coincidentally, the name of our sh- of our street was Cromlin Street. So we knew automatically <laughs> that's where we needed to be. And so the Nevada Memorial was just across the street. You could always see the ships come and go down the channel, which is pretty cool down the way you could see the USS Missouri facing the Arizona Memorial. And every December 7th, we would have some of the vets come out. One vet who passed away mm, a couple years ago, his name was Woody. He was on the Nevada during the bombing. Wow. So he would come out there every year and tell his story, tell what it was like during the bombing what did they do because their ship was the only one to get underway during the bombing and she was hit again and again and again but she never really sank until they beached her at hospital point and then they moved her across the channel so she wouldn't block up the channel it was a pretty incredible story i mean just hearing about that event that changed history forever much like 9-11 it's just amazing to
1: hear yes
2: it is
0: wow.
1: wow to hear it from the person that was there and then to live there every single day for so many years wow uh, that, that's incredible
2: now renee let me ask you this i don't know if you all you know have seen these types of commercials but being a global messenger um you know i've seen uh on on television. Of course, I'm watching WWE, uh, which is a really big partner with Special Olympics. But I've seen several different commercials about the inclusion um, revolution, pretty much, of how everyone is starting to, you know, get more involved and, and including all. How does that make you feel that you were one of one of the ones to, you know, help get this started uh and it, it's it's moving the way that everyone was hoping that it would
0: you know something ever i never really guess so i thought about that i am so honored and delighted to know that there are commercials out there promoting the inclusion revolution i think tim shriver and even eunice would be very very pleased with that if I'm being honest, I don't really have any cable, so I've never really seen commercials like that. I have um, Roku, so I do Disney Plus, Netflix, movies, but hearing that is just wow. Thank you for sharing.
1: Same. I didn't. I didn't realize that we had those on during those programs.
2: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, and and they don't play them all the time. But I do catch them, you know, every now and then, and it—it's it, amazing that that uh, you know I'll sit there and I'll start screaming, "I'm a part of that!" <laughs> <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe this is my cue to watch more TV. I don't know. <laughs> 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 they get on there more often like that, oh. yeah, yeah. So. You know,
0: Eunice Kennedy Shriver is actually my role model. She is a hero to all of us, and so I try to carry on her legacy the best way i know how
1: well that that, that is a a great person to, to be your role model because she was just she was awesome she's she did she started this the most awesome thing ever um in the special olympics when she started it and at best just a, that's a perfect person to want to uh role model after so i uh, applaud
0: and she was so brave i mean she was mm-hmm. she was living a time in a time where women were most likely just kind of go by the wayside. I mean, you're a woman, you know, your job is to stay at home, have the kids, keep house while we men are out there doing whatever. But she was the kind of woman that did not back down and necessarily follow quote unquote tradition. She was the kind of woman that did not take no for an answer. She was the kind of woman that, as we say in our oath, was brave in the attempt and she didn't care that men were like or other people were like well what are you gonna do you're a woman you know these people have been locked away just leave them where they are she was the one who said no they're not happy where they are now i'm gonna fix this whether you're with me or not
1: amazing absolutely absolutely amazing um so renee you are part of the sergeant shriver international global messengers you are a select group of people from around the entire world there's only three from the united states so you know how does it feel being part of this select group and and what were the qualifications to become part of this group
0: well first of all i am so very humbled to be a part of this group i think it's amazing that We are all over the world. As you mentioned, there are three representing North America, myself included. But if it's okay with you, I'd like to mention the rest of my fellow SSIGMs. There is one representing South America, one representing Euro-Asia, he's from England, one representing Africa, two representing the Middle East, one representing Asia, and then the other one is from the Philippines. She's representing the um, Pacific Rim. And so it's really cool that we're all widespread and everything. We each have a different practicum. And I'm just so in awe to say this is my group and I'm a part of it. Our platforms are all different. My practicum is actually Inclusive Health. My focus is to educate doctors on how to best treat their patients that have IDD that became my focus when I was trained as a health messenger, because after hearing about the alarming health statistics and everything, I was like, okay, we need to fix this. So doctors need to be made aware that their treatment and their care of, or lack of care does not go unnoticed. And we need them as part of our, our inclusion revolution. We need them in our lives. Um, as for the qualifications, um, I'm not really sure.
1: Well, you said you said you got nominated for the role. So um, did it just come from the program in Hawaii or did it come from, uh, you know, a North American standpoint? Was it was it local or, and you know, who who nominated you and how did that process go?
0: um actually the special olympics hawaii program nominated me the nomination was sent to soi special olympics international and so we basically waited i mean we are 10 out of millions of athletes and i'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot of them were nominated so so i answered a series of questions about why I would like to be selected as a Sergeant Shriver International Global Messenger. What is my hope in this role? What do I want to accomplish? What kind of um, what difference do I want to make? And then I gave a speech about um, being selected as a Sergeant Shriver International Global Messenger and what I hope for, what I'm hoping to do in this role, as well as all of the other applicants as well as the other activity that I was involved in. I'm on the DD council for Hawaii. I was a part of a self advocacy group for Hawaii. So advocacy was added in there too. So that was basically how it happened. And and my nomination was sent in. And so it was just a matter of, of waiting. And quite honestly, it was a pretty long wait. So with everything else I was involved in, I kind of forgot all about it. And then one day, Um, My mentor, Nip Ho, is the vice president of Special Olympics Hawaii, and she called us to the office and my family, too, and she said she had some things to discuss with us, you know, things, simple things like that, and we're like, okay. Then she led us into the conference room, and there was a recording of Tim Shriver and we were like okay what's going on here and then as tim was going through his speech he finally said it is my honor to welcome you as a sergeant schreiber international global messenger and i was like what (laughs) it was just such a surprise
1: i can i can can only imagine because i mean you put it in a great perspective of the millions of athletes out there worldwide that they selected 10 and you were one of those 10 and uh, i can I can't even imagine what, what you were feeling that day when you got the news from, from Tim Driver himself.
0: I was surprised, honored. I actually cried. And as I mentioned, I completely forgot all about it. I was so busy with all my other obligations that I kind of put it in the back of my mind. And I'm like, wow, really? It was just so overwhelming. And as I mentioned, I'm so honored and proud to be a part of this group. And hopefully, I am representing the best way I know how.
2: Well I do know that you've started off representing here with the bang so you know just keep up what you're doing
1: yeah I mean it, it says that uh you know reading through everything that y'all had a, a vital part in the 2019 world games in Abu Dhabi so kind of go into that process what 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 did y'all do for the you know what did you do for the games what was that process like what was that experience like
0: It was actually really amazing. As I mentioned, I lived in the Middle East before I lived in Bahrain, the Kingdom of Bahrain, which is an island off the coast of Saudi Arabia. It's a very, very tiny speck on a map. And so I lived there for four and a half years. So for me, it was like going back home, going back to an environment that I'm familiar with. And I was really involved with um, the Inclusive Global Health Forum, Niasha. He is the SSIGM that represents Africa, and I were the co-hosts or co-MCs for the Global Health Forum. So that was huge, and I got to um, I had the opportunity to sing at the Coca-Cola reception, and again at Family Night, and there was even the Kennedy reception, and I got to sing there again. So it was just so much fun and we got to meet some pretty famous people there. Nicole um, Scherzinger, who was the voice of Moana's mom, was there. She gave her performance at the closing ceremonies and I, coincidentally, she's from Hawaii too, so when she met me she was like, wow, a local girl! And so it was so cool and I got to sing for her too from Moana and she actually said because I am hoping one day to be a character voice for Disney. And she said to me after I was done, you do have a voice for Disney. So there's an added bonus. And then we met Olympians. I actually got a nice picture in an interview with um Ipti She is the, the American Muslim fencer. So I got to meet her and I got to meet I got to meet um, an Olympic swimmer i forget her name donna something um i should know that but i don't i got to meet so many people and the best part is that the song that i sang for those three receptions was this is me from the greatest showman and we weren't supposed to hear or know but the original singer from the greatest showman who's also from hawaii was there at the closing ceremonies and she sang that song there too. So it was no coincidence that I wanted to sing that song. And we just, well, hopefully we showed the world that we can do more. We can do, we are capable of so much more than just maybe sitting on the sidelines and being ignored or passed over. I think what Eunice Kennedy Shriver did was prove to the world that there is more to us than just our disabilities. And if somebody's willing to look past that and see us as the people that we are, well, they might be surprised at what they might find. They may find a poet, they may find a writer, they may find a singer or an actor. You never know, unless you're willing to give someone a chance.
2: That is so true. And that seems so amazing, being able to meet so many people right there. That's pretty awesome so you know that's kind of that's kind of interesting so were you starstruck when uh you met some of those especially the voice of moana's mom
0: yes i was i was super excited and i was so tickled that she said a local girl that was really cool
2: (laughs) that is awesome
0: but i hoped she would see me as a person too which she did and i'm hoping that I'm hoping to try to change people's perspectives with my story. I'm sure that every every athlete is feeling that, but that's that's been my motivation. My motivation is to hopefully change people's perspectives about us because I had a rough time in school, as does every other individual with ID that goes through that kind of situation and it's hard when you're you're being told every day You gotta, I was mainstreamed until my senior year in high school, so I had no idea there were others like me. So constantly I was being told, you gotta keep up like everybody else, you gotta act like everybody else, this, that. The expectations were almost impossible. I couldn't do it, it was as simple as that. I tried, but I would fail.
2: Well, now you're succeeding and you're going strong. So, you know, once again, you know, it's just facing that adversity, finding what makes you you, that is going to be able to make you go ahead and be the best you that you can be.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't mean to sit in silence, but I'm I'm just just hearing everything that you're saying, Renee. It's, it's just it it brings those moments of this is what I want for every single athlete in our program that i've i've ever worked with i've ever interacted with the ones that um you know they're they're they are my friends to this day now you know they're not special olympics athletes that i hang out with it you know it, it's they're my friends are there you know it's debbie it's michael it's, it's 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 just them you know that's what everybody wants and hearing your story it's achievable for every single one of them um if they just if they put their mind to it and they set their goals and they want it to happen it can happen for them and, you know, like I said, I don't mean to sit here in silence, but I, I sometimes, you know, I'm just speechless because this is everything that I think anybody who ever works with a special olympics athlete, no matter where you are, this is this is what you want for them. And it's achievable listening to everything that you said, so that's it's uh, it's amazing.
0: Well, thank you. And you know, I forgot to mention in Abu Dhabi, they had banners and they said meet the determined and I, I've really taken that to heart because it's so true. We are determined. We are determined in our sports and we are determined to find our place in this world. We are determined to fight in our inclusion revolution and have people see us as the people that we are. Our abilities, not our disabilities.
1: Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the thing that I love when people say that it's about different abilities, not the disabilities. It's the abilities that everybody has. Um, You know, we have to, you know, I I don't like bringing it up all the time, but I kind of have to bring it up and I definitely want to ask your, your point on it. You know, 2019 Abu Dhabi was the last big thing that special Olympics has done uh, pretty much. So in, in your experience, how, how was the pandemic to you? How did you get through it? What did you experience? And, what advice can you give some of our listeners and our athletes about maybe if they're still, you know, seeing the effects of not being able to do things in Special Olympics, how they can get through it. So how was your experience through the entire pandemic and Special Olympics, not doing anything?
0: Well, 2019 was a real curveball, And when the pandemic hit, you know, we had all these restrictions in Hawaii, you know, Hawaii is made up of, Many different cultures, such as Japanese, so it's pretty strict there. We were told to wear our masks everywhere we went. Our governor is very strict. We had to stay at home. And, you know, it was quite a bit of a bummer for me because I had recently been hired by So High as the Healthy Communities and Athlete Leadership Assistant, or if I got that backwards, sorry. But anyway, that was a real bummer for me because... You know, I was finally able to get back to the organization that has done so much for me and my family, and then boom, everything changed. But I'm proud to say that Special Olympics didn't just go, "Oh, okay, we're shutting down because of this pandemic. See ya. Nope. They put their heads together and they said, well, what can we do to make sure our athletes are still active they're still connected and they're not feeling isolated because of what's going on. I was really impressed to see that they came up with virtual activities such as um, Such as um, strong minds and live and virtual exercises we would have um, Every Tuesday would be a live, ex, a virtual exercise with one of our so high staff members. And then we, every Friday was a dance party. And and Sona and Special Olympics uh, North America really did a good job of coming up with our physical fitness activities. They came up with School of Strength and all those fun things that just to keep us active. And of course, there were strong minds and there were, group um, activities and they even Special Olympics Hawaii came up with the idea of physical fitness for our state competitions. And so every team was coming together virtually and we, they just did such an amazing job. I was so impressed. I think it's comforting to know that Special Olympics didn't just give up. They, they thought they planned. And even now, they're still planning and trying to come up with new ideas. I mean, we've got the Sona Move. We've got Sona Move Toyota. And um, Hawaii is actually doing their holo holo, which means let's go walking in Hawaiian. Um, virtu- with Hawaiian Air- Airlines, uh, uh, the virtual challenge again. And so that's just super amazing how everything, despite this pandemic, Special Olympics has kind of pushed it back and gone. You know what? We're not going to take this line down. And as for advice, I would say, you know, don't give up. Eventually, God willing, this pandemic will end. But until then, keep following with what Sona is doing. Stay active. Stay fit. And just, just go on faith.
1: How, how important is that connection aspect of Special Olympics? How, how important it is, is it that athletes still stay connected even when they can't be in the same place or in the same room?
0: I think it's really, really important to stay connected because let's face it, as human beings, we are all longing for companionship, be it a relationship, a marriage, even friendship. We are all longing to be with someone. And it keeps us connected, it keeps us united and strong. And that's that's basically what we want. We want to stay connected. And Special Olympics is a great way for athletes to make new friends, be they fellow athletes or maybe athletes from another team. I know I had countless friends from different teams, different delegations, and even making friends with the staff members themselves. I mean, and through the virtual activities, it's just a great way of staying connected, making new friends, and knowing that that they're not alone.
1: So b- before we end it here, uh, Renee, I wanna ask you the question, what is your most memorable, memorable event or speaking engagement that you have done over the years?
0: Well, I actually have so many. I would say, you know what, I would say my most memorable event, um, we'll see, folk will, I'll probably think about the, thinking, the speaking event later, but my most memorable event was going to the Nationals for the first time. I thought it was super cool to see all the athletes there from different states and collecting the pins was really, really fun. One athlete from Alaska, or was it California, I forget, but she said that Hawaii and Alaska were pretty rare. So any given opportunity for the athletes to come to you and get a pin, I mean, that was a lot of fun. And the World Games, the World Games were just, I was just amazed at how the world came together with one common goal and that was sports. And I was just couldn't believe it, I mean, there were countries from everywhere and it got me to thinking huh well if we can all come together for sports why can't we come together just as friends i mean doesn't make any sense but that was another memorable moment for me and i think speaking a memorable speaking moment well i did get to do the opening ceremonies at the nationals um four athletes were selected to represent the four elements earth air fire water And I got to represent fire. And I found it a little ironic because Kilauea was um, erupting at the moment. So the fact that I was fire was interesting. (laughs) And my first board meeting, my first speech giving it to the board of directors was memorable because that's where my eyes were actually open to the realization that people do care what what i was going through what my family went through and that was just enough for me to go okay i can do this and that really changed my life special olympics has changed my life period there are no two ways around it i mean i can't imagine my life without it i actually i know what it's like to not have it and so i don't want to lose it
1: exciting stories. So many great um, stories that we get to hear from you. And I can't wait to hear more in the future. Cause we know we'll probably talk again in the future now that you are here and a part of special Olympics, Texas. Um, but Renee, thank you for jumping on with us today during this episode. Thank you for telling us about your story and giving some advice to our athletes out there that maybe don't know if they want to take the journey to become a messenger and, and seeing where it can take them. So uh, thank you for jumping on and joining us today
0: absolutely and i'm so proud to be a part of special olympics texas i look forward to working with you all of you and maybe seeing where this road will lead thank you for having me
2: well thank you i know here in the north we would love to have you as one of our health messengers as well
1: and Everett will definitely make that happen well everybody out there thanks for jumping on and thanks for joining us for this episode of welcome to the revolution we hope to catch you for the next
2: remember to stay so active and let's all stay so connected
0: mahalo nui loa and aloha
1: thanks for hanging out with us we hope you join us again on the next episode of the revolution